Hey friends, welcome to the Sacred Story Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Wilcox, and I'm so glad you're here. During this time, we carve out sacred space to reflect on our God-authored stories, to hear from women in the chapters of their stories, and to think about God's greater story around the world. I'm excited to introduce ordinary yet brave women who are declaring God's faithfulness. I'm honored to be on the journey with you. Here's this week's episode. We have a really special opportunity to hear from sisters who are so dear and and living out their faith, not only here in the United States, but across the world. And we've talked about God's greater story around the world. And some of our listeners continue to be amazed at certain uh, times that we have these conversations in the podcast about what's called international harvest. And so this is a first time conversation though, because we are actually talking with two women who come from very different parts of the world, one from the Middle East and one from the United States and their friendships, and then how we can get to know better what our sisters in another part of the world walk through and how they are actually seeing Jesus show up in amazing ways. So this is a first on the Sacred Story Podcast. If this is your first time to come on, we are so glad you're here and you've come on at an amazing time. And so I want to introduce... Um, Anne and Hanin, these two women, and Anne is going to speak um, and translate for us. With Hanin speaks Arabic, and so Anne is going to be the translator. But they're also dear friends, and that's what makes this makes this time so special. So, Anne, tell us a little bit about how you and Hanin met and the journey of your friendship. Mm. It's really a beautiful story, Lauren. It's a, an honor for both of us to be here. Um, I met Hanin through a mutual friend. Hanin needed some space from her family, and we had a large house, and I was a mother of three young children really going crazy. And so it was the perfect meeting of need and of um, and of opportunity. And Hanin just stepped in and loved on my three little boys, especially my newborn, and um, and just became a part of our family in a very special way, and um, and it was just uh, such a delightful thing. And then it became incumbent upon me as her auntie, her adopted auntie, to find her a husband. And so my walking partner and I um, were praying about that, and she said, "Hey, my husband knows this guy, Salim, and uh, he's you know godly and handsome and and looking for a wife and." And here's Hanin, who's gorgeous and and godly, and I'm looking for a husband for her. And um, and so that was really the matchmaking process that mended our uh, melded our hearts together in Jesus, and um, and how we um, began. Just actually, it was just our friendship that began it. But uh, being able to be her matchmaker and her auntie was um was and her being the auntie to my kids is really what bonded us as sisters. Yeah, would mm-hmm. you say that, Hanin? Yeah. 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 He says, yes, good story. Yeah. I know. And I love this part of your story that you told me that you had connected Hanin with her husband. And so 
did you tell me that y'all had a dinner or something just to bring them together after you mentioned it to your, or your prayer partner mentioned it to you? <laughs> yes, there's actually, um, there's actually a, a dinner that's called the, where the groom meets the bride. And so my friend Zachary, yeah, Hanin, Nama Rufna Ala and Melissa, or here Hatzbat Ishizaki, over then Inti Shufti Samar. Sorry. Zachary Lam Inti Shufti Salem, El Awal Mara, Nama Rufna Ala Bet Melissa, or here Hatzbat Ishizaki, ah, Shufto Laeto Nantara Fale, Ala Sassiani. Ah, 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 I was. Ah, and Aki Anna Shusariani. Yeah, yeah, talk a little bit. Yeah, okay, shway. على أساس إنه هو بدو يجي مشان يشوفني مشان يتجوز. بس أنا لما تعارف يعني من تعرف عليه. بس أنا لما إجا صرت أضحك شوي لأنه هو كان شوي بيحكي مو زي حكي أنا. كان يحكي كتير زي لبناني لبنانية كيف بيحكوا. فأنا صرت أضحك كتير. أنا قلت لا هذا ما بنفع. Okay. Um. It's just yes, a fun I'm story. Eager to know. <laughs> it's a fun story. So, um, so Hanin was saying, yes, um, our our mutual friend cooked a, a big um, Arab dinner, and the whole idea is for the groom to show off to the potential bride, and um, and she was going, well, you know, I'm open to this, but he um, he immediately began to like speak in a completely different lifestyle than she is, like a, a Lebanese guy. Which is, you know, we're laughing because Jordanians and Lebanese, they're, they're a little bit different. And so, and my, my own uh, opinion was like, wow, this guy is like proud as a peacock and he really thinks he's something. And I'm not sure that he's worthy <laughs> of her. So, so it was a, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun meeting. And, um, and yeah, so we both enjoyed it. And, but both of us, we had left it not really sure if, if this was the one. Yeah. Okay. So y'all, it wasn't love at first sight necessarily. Can Mish Mohabba bil awal awal shufni? Who who Mohabba la? But inno okay. Yani inno ani ana lazim akun mahada yani. Mish lazim adani lahal. Yeah. She said uh, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like love, but you know, hey, it was a good start, and <laughs> and I needed someone. And he he liked me, so yeah. I love that. Okay. بس أنا قلت بعدين لازم أنا أتجوز لأني أنا قاعدة عند ناس يعني عندكم كنت أنا قاعدة بسبب ظروف عائلية كان عندي ظروف عائلية لازم أنا ما أكونش في بيت أهلي الأم الروحية ودتني عند عند ويندي ودينيس أعيش عنده فأنا لازم لازم أنا أضلني عندكم ومن هناك بدي أتجوز فأنا قلت لربنا بعد شهر إذا ما بيجي سامر أنا بدأ أبطل مؤمن بس أنا مش عشان في شرط يعني مو شرط يعني شوي شوي بس عشان أترجم أوكي عشان ما بنسى أوكي so um so she said just to remind that in Arab culture it's not normal for a young woman to live by herself and it's certainly not normal to live with like an auntie, like our situation. So it really was incumbent upon her in her time of life to get married. That's the, really the only way that a woman has validity and legitimacy in society is to be married. So even if it's very different from our sort of Western, hey, we date, we fall in love, we, you know, hey, I really love that person. And it's it's really a lot about um, practicalities. And so uh, Hanin was saying, yes, practically speaking, he was probably someone that I should be looking at. And, um, and so, 
Uh, let me just ask for one more thing. Fahanin in Seattle, Akashi, Ken Mohem. No, I'm a Haketia, and I bid the Ajoas, but bad Shahar is a Mabiji Samar. Okay, yeah. Salem, right. So um, so she was saying that she prayed and she said, you know, Lord, if he's not the one, I'm not going to believe in you anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And it stands with a fist, right? Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> because she felt confident that he was the one. Ashan inti arifti nuhuwi kan al-wahid o baska ashan huwi kan lahalo al-awal-wahid al-ija. لا أنا صليت يعني عشان صليت وهو كان يعني هو اللي إجا أول واحد يعني آه. Hmm. Okay. She is saying she prayed and yes, he was the first one that came and so there we are. Okay. <laughs> so hey, y'all's matchmaking was of the Lord. Uh, maybe I need a little bit of that in my life. We'll talk later. <laughs> you say I'll start praying for you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I always take prayer. Okay. <laughs> so. For those of you listening, we are going to talk uh, with Hanin about her story. And as, as, as you hear the languages, I hope you're reminded that God is moving around the world. And, and so just be patient because I'm wanting to know the answer. And I know it takes a little a bit of a delay in, in waiting for the translation. So, But we want to ask Hanin, growing up in a Muslim country, what was that like for you? Oh. Oh. I mean, كيف كان كيف كان حياتك قدام ال الجو المسلمين؟ لأنه هو لأنه هذا بلد مسلم يعني في بيكون في تحفظ في عادات ما فيش حرية العادات هناك بتحكم الواحد يعني المجتمع تحدد ما في حرية it's a much more restrictive society there's no freedom um, everything is very protected, especially for women. And so it's a very different type of society than we're used to in America. Everything's very structured, very protected, and very restrictive. Mm-hmm. So as you think about growing up in something restrictive, and what did she learn about Jesus? And Hanin, how did you come to faith in him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. أنا كنت مسيحية بس اسم يعني ما بعرف كيف المسيحية بس في أنا لي أخ أنا بروح على الكنيسة اللي بنسميها إحنا المتجددين يعني الإنجيلية. Okay, I'll translate that part. Okay. Yeah. Um, she was raised in a nominally Christian home, but really knew nothing, knew nothing at all about a faith. Just it, it really separates you just from being a Muslim. It, it's a distinctive, but you don't really are trained in it. And so her brother started going to a, uh, a born-again church. You know how we used to use the term, th- those born-agains, like a pejorative term? In Arabic, it's the same thing. Mutajadadin, the born-agains. They're the kind of crazy ones. So, yeah. But I was خلتني يعني أطلب بالرب بس مرة ومرتين والثالثة لا عرفت شو يعني إني أعم إني أكون جديدة في المسيح يعني. Okay, Hanin uh, had an interesting story in that there was a, uh, a wonderful believer, um, Um Samir, that means mother of Samir, um, who explained the gospel to her. And and um, so Hanin prayed the first time to give her life to Jesus, but there was such a a, little, a short 
just a, such a limited knowledge really of who Jesus was. Um, it's, it's like it didn't take, right? And then there was a second time where she gave her life to the Lord and, uh, and with more understanding that it really wasn't that kind of lordship salvation that we were sort of looking for. So um, I'll let her continue. Okay. أنا أنا عشان عندي كانت مشاكل عائلية فاضطريت إني أكون عند بيت ويندي عند ناس من يعني عرفت أنتي فهمتي فا وكانت أمي الروحية أم سمير هي تدرسني نروح بال على البايبل استدي كنيسة يعني كنت دائما بهاي الأيام بعد أربع أشهر يعني كلها هاي دراسة الكتاب المقدس يعني Okay. Okay. Um, so this, um, uh, she, and with this, the spiritual mother of hers, Um Samir, took the time to really sit her down and study the Bible with her, which helped her to develop a greater understanding of who God was and who she was before God and her need to self for salvation. And so it was through that, that more intensive discipleship contact that, um, and it was through a really difficult time in Henning's life. She was at the end of her and just the end of herself. And, uh, and that was when she came to us. And um, and then she has kind of a neat story that happened while she was living with us. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, Hanin's weeping right now because of just the preciousness of uh, how Jesus came to her in such a precious way. Um, she was in a, she was in her room and she was praying. She was reading the Bible a lot, and Jesus manifested personally in the room, and uh, the room filled with light. It filled her with warmth, and it filled her with a knowledge of, of the glory of God and how he um, she for the first time. She felt the difference. She hadn't known it, but this time she did. She said she that she saw the love of Jesus through the family that she was living with, with us, mm-hmm. through Um Samir. But finally, she knew it her own self personally mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, she's having a hard time because it was even this many years later. It's such a precious memory, isn't it? Isn't mm-hmm. it, honey? Well, I can see that, and it is so true that we. I hope we never get over the fact that Jesus has come to us. And so, I love your tears. And so what what would you say uh, led you and your family to leave the Middle East? Both of you women no longer live in the place where you met. And so what what led you to leave? Yeah. محل إيش أصدها؟ ال الوطن يعني وطنك. آه الأردن يعني ليش تركنا الأردن؟ آه عشان ما بنحكي بس هم ما فهموا الاسم بالعربي إتس أوكي. أوكي لأنه إحنا كنا شفنا الحكومة كانت تضطهد سالم زوجي كانت تضطهده وكانوا بدهم ياخذوا منا حتى أنا وسامر يعني طلقون سالم طلقونا. وابني بدهم ياخذوه منا وهيك وكان في سجن في بالهاي ومحكمه وحكم عليه انه هو 
مرتد فعشان هيك لازم كان نطلع It was a really hard story. Um, Salem was um, a very dynamic evangelist and presenter of the gospel. He was like a, um, he was a, a bringer together of Muslim background believers in his country. And he was speaking at a conference in another country and came back. Um, and the secret police came to their door and arrested him for being an apostate from Islam. And it was a, just a very, very hard time. He was brought before the judge eight different times to recant his conversion to Christianity. And, um, and the most amazing thing was that it, um, it's hard in the Middle East. The, the national church doesn't really come behind Muslim background believers like they should. It's not a place of welcome because a lot of times the churches are suspicious. But through uh, Salem's uh, experience, uh, several pastors actually stood publicly for him and came and stood with him in the courtroom. And, um, and he, he, he spoke impassionedly saying, I was a, an, an atheist who came to Christ. I was not a Muslim. You know, I had rejected Islam. And so really you should be rejoicing because I came back to God from atheism, but I came to Christ. Um, it was a very, very powerful time. My husband and I were watching with fear as we all were. But uh, Hanin has a really kind of neat story that I'll ask her about. Uh, Hanin, Zakari lam enti kaman haketi udam al mahkami? Yeah, huwa kan huwa mahjouz, bidum ishi fautuni la indo. فحكيتلهم يعني قال هذا صار وهم يعملوا شيء باد له يعني يحكوا كلام مش كويس فأنا قلت لهم أصلا هو المسيح هو الطريق والحق والحياة فأنا حكيتلهم قالوا ادخل دخلوها دخلوها okay she um she just it was such a precious thing I saw the hand motions yeah I know we we're big with our hands and we're loud you know us Arabs right I'm Arab inside He, uh, her husband, Salem, had been imprisoned, and the, uh, the people that were accusing him were calling him all kinds of bad words and accusing him of behaviors that were untrue. And um, after Hanin is a very tiny, beautiful, quiet girl, right? And she used to say, oh, you know, Salem, he's the evangelist. I'm just the mom. But she got the courage to go before the judge and just say, you are wrong. He is a better man as a result of having become a Christian. None of these things oh. are true. And she, before the whole, the whole judge and jury of the Islamic court says, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. Wow. So this very quiet, unassuming little mommy um, <laughs> stood up, stood up, and God gave her the words to speak before these, um, these Islamic elders. It was oh just an amazing time. But um, to no avail, they still convicted him of apostasy. It was the first apostasy conviction in a long time. Mm. Um, it was um, what happened is that he was declared. It's essentially being declared insane. You lose the ability uh, to be mentally incompetent. You're not allowed to sign agreements, rental agreements, or phone, even phone plans. The mm. government actually divorced them technically. That, it, that it's, we can't even imagine living in a country that has the capacity to divorce a man and wife who do not want to divorce because it's their right because of an, apostat an apostasy conviction. Um, not only were they declared divorced and could not live together in that country anymore, but their baby son, they lost custody of him. Oh, my. That's horrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so any any Muslim at any point after this apostasy conviction, not only was it it was allowed, but it would have been encouraged to take that child away from them so that it can be raised as a Muslim. And so it put uh, Hanin and Salem in an absolutely impossible situation where they had to flee the country. Right. And this is what I hear not only from the times that I have gone and met um, those who are refugees, but also as I read of what God's doing um, in these places where Christianity is so suppressed and that also that people are declared apostates or um, just for the the way that life becomes so impossible is what you're saying. And so it's so unjust and yet God used that to move Hanin and her husband out into the world. So what, as they've come to a different part of the world um, that's safer for them to live, what are the daily struggles of a refugee? Okay. اوكي يعني نو بروبليم بس هو كان يشتغل يعني اشتغل بس كان على قلبه انه يرجع على الوطن بس يخلص ياخذ يعني انه الجنسيه ويرجع يخدم yeah um it's really it's really kind of cool the thing that really sets uh, hanin and salem apart from other refugees is that they never they never really wanted to leave they wanted to stay and serve and when they did a short period of time in a, a secondary country on their way to America, it was almost as if they they had been praying that they had wanted to become a, a pastor and his wife to, uh, to Kurds, to Kurdish believers. Mm-hmm. And what was crazy is that actually the apostasy conviction allowed them to go to that, that middle country and, and minister to the very people that he had wanted to go minister to. Yeah, that's and, so um, cool. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? And so, um, so that was a, a harder time for them. But uh, um, Hanin was saying that when they got to America, life was amazing. And they felt welcomed and cared for. And really, her only problem was not knowing the language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so their desire from the time that they got back to America was to, to gain citizenship, not to stay in America and enjoy the blessings of, of goodness, but to go back. Mm-hmm. And with the power of an American passport to be able to minister and serve again among the people that they love. Such so an amazing what, testament. That's what they're doing now, right? Except not in the Middle East, correct? Right. Yeah. So among their own people who are also refugees. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, what are those people experiencing? Those who have, you know, the language barrier is, I'm sure, so difficult. It's difficult for me when I go and minister, and I, I just want to be able to communicate freely. So I understand when you don't know the language of the country. So what other things are those that you're ministering to, Hanin, are facing? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
ايش اللوغا كمان صابلهم هناك كمان فلما انت تشتغلي مع الناس لاجئين وينما انت هلا كيف حياتهم هناك؟ هون اللاجئين هون اللي احنا فيه كثير كثير يعني عندهم كل الامكانيات عندهم تامين عندهم مصروف تعطوهم كل شيء ما في يعني كانهم مش لاجئين عندهم بيت وعندهم كل شيء يعني ما مش محتاجين هاي الاشياء لا طب في طب في بيوت في مصروف والتعليم لغه كمان ببلاش ما في مصاري ياخذوا منهم يعني مبسوطين هون كثير عايشين Wow, she's um she's just talking about and actually when I had talked to her and her husband earlier, they said they wanted for everybody to understand that refugees that that are refugees from the Middle East but stay in the Middle East have a horrific time. They don't have food, they don't have clothing, they don't have places to live, there's no way to live legally. I mean, a lot of them lived in tents for years out in the desert. Yeah. And so she's contrasting that with the, the refugees that she sees currently in her town, in her mm-hmm. town where they live in Europe. And um, she said they have everything they need, that mm-hmm. food is provided, uh, clothing, um, even, you know, um, masruf, which is expenses. Uh, they have medical care, they have homes. And she said they're they're being taken care of so generously and so carefully that mm-hmm. um, at one point uh, her husband said, yeah, in fact, they have too much time on their hands and that helps them actually become more extremist. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes, because the refugees that I would meet, you know, in Greece is they are uh, in that place of transition. And so they actually have more hardship with housing and medical care and food and and just not knowing where sometimes where they're going to sleep the next night. So I know that, and then, you know, the place where you all, Hanin, are is a place where it's more stable for a refugee. So describe a little bit about who gets to go to that process of who gets to go from the Middle East to a more stable European country, how that, how that works out for someone. Okay. Uh, Hanin, Keith uh, Iju اللاجئين على أوروبا ومين كيف الأوروبا بيكرروا مين بدل ومين لازم ترجع ولما بتشوفي اللاجئين هلا بوطنك هلا إيش بتشوفي الاختلاف بينهم الأشياء عادل أو لا هون اللاجئين هون غالبا بفوتوا تهريب 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 مش قانوني اه بس بس يفوتوا لهون بدهم يوقعوا يبصموا اذا كل امورهم كويسه ممكن يخلوهم يعني ممكن اذا كان في واحد عامل شيء مش كويس بشوفوا وراءه اذا كان في كذب او كان في تزوير هذول بيكون في عندهم نقطه يعني مش كويسه ممكن يسافروهم يرجعوهم او موقعين على بلد ثاني وبدهم يجوا لهون للبلد هاي فما بيصير يكونوا موقعين مرتين. اها. بس yeah. هم هون مبسوطين هون، بحبوا كثير هون. اوكي. Okay. Uh, يا um, يا حنين، لما اجوا اول مرة تقريبا يعني من السورية وشي، كان كان الناس مش كويسين يعني؟ لا كويسين. كويسين لما هربوا عشان نحن شفنا كمان بال بالمحل هن بس قصدك ب... انت من من سوريا لاجئين؟ آه من سوريا كان في ناس آه كمان من الداش اللي بخطوا الأولاد وزوجاتهم بوطننا بعدين بيخربوا على أوروبا بتشوفي هيك يعني أو لا؟ لا ما أنا ما في 
شخصيا يعني ما شفنا بس هو ممكن يكونوا في في ناس اه في 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 صاروا حتى مؤمنين في منهم في منهم موسم اه في صار مؤمنين احنا في واحد نعرفه اه شو حلو كان هو كثير من الداعش اخوان هناك وصار صار مؤمن from Syria as, as legitimate refugees. And they were definitely fleeing, fleeing persecution, not persecution, but they were fleeing just the, the horrible circumstances of the war there. Yeah. And, um, but there were also who people who were not good and came illegally. And, um, and there were, there were situations where even ISIS fighters were dumping their children and, and widow and children and mothers and wives in another Middle Eastern country, then fleeing to, to uh, Europe to start a new life. But the neat thing is, is that they're saying how many of them who had been even ISIS fighters or Al-Qaeda um, have actually repented and come to know Jesus as Savior. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yes. And so there's a lot of paperwork I know also that goes on from coming, you know, and some people seem to get that ability to go from, you know, war-torn country to a more stable country in Europe and then others stay around the area of the Middle East. And so I know it's, it's, um, it is, um, you know, different paths, but what you're saying is that Jesus is meeting people and Muslim people coming from Islam or coming out of Islam into um, belief in Jesus. And so what are the barriers to someone coming from a Muslim background to believe in Jesus? بتفرح معك عن الامكانيات انه الناس عم بيامنوا بالمسيح وايش ايش الاشياء اللي الابليس بحطه ضد الناس عشان ما بيامنوا خصوصي مؤمنين ايش ال ال barriers or roadblocks بينهم مع الايمان خصوصي للاجئين ايش بحط ضد عشان ما يامنوا ايوه ما بقى هو بصير مؤمن بصير العيلة والحكومة والمجتمع نفسها ضده. Yeah. Yeah, the barriers are actually. حتى الكنيسة ما بتقبله بسهولة. Yeah. Yeah, the barriers are huge. They're, um, because first of all, if a person comes to Christ from an Islamic background, they're going to lose their whole community. Um, they, they lose face, they lose their pride, they lose all of their connections. The family is a very important unit that people get jobs for, you know, uncles, uncles pay for nieces, for nephews to go to college or get cars. So you get pulled out of that loop of financial benefit of the family blessing. Um, you, um, you, your life is in threatened. Your life is at risk then because you have brought, you know, there, it's a shame honor culture where if something is done that shames the whole, only the blood of that person can cover that, that shame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, if, you know, 
um, if there's someone that's become a, a Christian from a Muslim background, the whole family feels the shame of this. And so they, uh, they put a lot of pressure on people not to, not to believe and not to walk outside of the Islamic context because um, that's, that, that's because it leaves you absolutely alone and rootless and without support and without community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of churches are really not very good about welcoming Muslims from people from a Muslim background because they don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, it's, it's a very, very difficult road to home. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my heart prays for people in making sacrifices to come to faith in Christ that, I mean, that's a huge expense and a cost. And I mean, as we know, well worth the, but at the same time to, to have to sacrifice your community and your family. We, I don't think we understand that in the West. No. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I know, Hanine, that you've had lots of needs over the years and lots of answers to prayer. So can you share um, a personal answer to prayer in, for a need that you and your husband have? Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. وهو دائما ربنا لما احنا نطلب منه اشي اشي على مشيئته اكيد بيقبل بيساعدنا فانتو فربنا حطنا يعني حط ناس مؤمنين وكويسين زيك انتو زي يعني في عائلات تانية بس اهم اشي انتو كأنه كنتو انتو كتير زي اهلنا انتو بعدين انتي كملي من عندك اوكي اوكي شكرا هنين is saying um their whole life has been one of God's miraculous provision one time after another. And um, she was being very generous to, um, to include our family in that. And, mm-hmm. but when you are in Christ, your family and sharing all things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were able to do that because of the generosity of people that supported us. And so it was all explained to her that it was our whole support team that supported them. Mm-hmm. And at the one time when they were in this, uh, this neutral country between the one she was in and the, and going to America, we actually had a, a series of people that would go and visit them when he was in prison. And, um, and so we would take up, it was a lot like uh, Acts church. We would take up a collection and then one person would go and deliver it from the body of Christ uh, to them. And um, sometimes it was anonymous and sometimes it wasn't, but uh, uh just the Lord came through and met their needs in just powerful, powerful ways, even to to the extent that um, uh, Solemn's not in a financial way, but in his um, in his caseworker with the United Nations was actually um, uh, a Muslim and who she refused to put that he was convicted of apostasy, which was the whole basis of his case wow. in the paperwork. And she wow. said, you get what you deserve because you left the best religion in the world. And um, what God did is that he changed the case. We all prayed uh, for a new caseworker and God gave him a new caseworker. Oh we, he couldn't ask for one, but God did it. And this person was a believer. Oh and this goodness. person had, had very high connections in the United Nations. And um, she did not know his story, but God put his story on her heart. And it was that was one of the keys that got them. That got them. So, yeah, so they and I, I can attest to the fact that, um, you know, Hanin is saying that the body of Christ uh, came through in generous and miraculous ways for them. And that's 
a way that they're even where they are now in Europe is because people have believed in them and come alongside them and allowed Hanin and, and Salem to be their hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And and we're we're among them. We solidly believe in them and have been supporting them, I think, since the beginning. <laughs> so because we just so believe in what they're doing. And there there's so few people that you can trust with your whole heart to be full gospel sharers with such uh, conviction. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, they're amazing. And how wow. I think that means amazing, right? (laughs) Well, I just said we love you. You know this. Okay, I love that. I love that too. (laughs) How do you say that? Min hab kum. Hub is love, and min is we, and kum is you all. So min hab kum. Yeah. Learning a little Arabic on the podcast. Okay, so (laughs) I think that. that's so beautiful. I got chills when you talked about the caseworker being, you know, switched divinely. And I think that that is an amazing answer to prayer and, and, and the support of the saints. And we are going to talk in a few minutes about a way for those of us in the Western world to help come alongside uh, those who are ministering to their own people as refugees, uh, ministering to other refugees from their own country in a country that is neutral. And so um, hang on, because those of you listening and thinking, what can I do? We're going to talk about that. Uh, but first, Hanin, what would you say have you learned about God's heart for the world? Ish alamti and kalb Allah, alb Allah lil dunya. الله بحب كل العالم كل الخليقة واللي بيقبله هو بيكون كتير فرحان وسعيد يعني وما بيتركه يعني هو بأي محنة حتى لو كان هو بغلط وبيتوب برجع برجع بسامح yeah yeah she's saying that um that she essentially quoted John you know three sixteen that for God so loved the world that he gave uh, Jesus Christ. Um, he loves all of creation, but he especially loves his children. And uh, the special thing is that even when we mess up, even when we break the rules, um, he's ready to forgive us and continue to bless us. And I think that's the thing she wanted to say. That's the thing she's learned the most is that God doesn't stop loving you when you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. In fact, maybe he loves you even more when you've made a mistake and repent and come back. Mm-hmm. So. She's uh, she just loves God's heart for the world, and that, and she and her husband are busy finding those, finding those lost sheep, finding finding the ones who are searching, um, seeking and saving those who are lost, and and that's really what their ministry is all about. Yes, and amen. And we know that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and so I love that you are in that place of offering the word of life and seeing who's going to respond. And I love that once we do receive Christ, and we are adopted into God's family that he can never leave us or forsake us. And yes, forgiveness is always available um, for us. Um, Forgiveness is always available for anyone to come to faith in Christ. And then for those who've come to faith, we are continually experiencing the forgiveness that is already ours. And so what about Matthew 9, 37? It says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And this is one of the verses that I'm holding up in our prayers at Sacred Story for the International Harvest. So what would you say, um, Hanin, to those in the West about being involved in the harvest of people coming from Muslim backgrounds? 
And and you as well, because you have been in that harvest yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, honey, here I'm just like, keep taki on on and ask and no more Celine, Yanni. Keep bidik bitchaji and nasily bit home. Your father's you and nasal messiah, a shan beautlobu iman. Keep bidik bitchaji home, Yanni Asha. كيف بتشجيهم عن كيف هم لازم كمان يحكي الحق للمسلمين حواليهم بأمريكا كمان لازم نفرجيهم محبة المسيح الحقيقية ونساعدهم مش بس بالمصاري يعني كمان بالمحبة بالاحترام و هيك لازم يعني ما فيش آه وإحنا لازم نكون نعيش حياة مسيحية نعكس الصورة يعني إحنا لازم نعكس صورتنا قدامهم فهن بيصيروا يسدوا بس إذا عملنا العكس أكيد راح يهربوا Yeah she's saying that um, that really the most important thing um, is to just be a friend reach out to Muslims around us Um, reach out, share the truth, show respect, show kindness, uh, show love. Uh, I think the first, um, and, and that's really what, what brings Muslims to faith. And I think something that I've seen is that <clears throat> Americans either go to extremes. They either say, oh, well, you know, hey, they're going to all be terrorists and they're going to take over countries, so we shouldn't be sharing with them. And then there's other people saying, oh, my goodness, every single Muslim in America is going to become a Christian, so, hey, all we just have to do is just give them money and let them in. And so there's this middle ground between the two extremes that we need to find as Christians. We, um, If there are, uh, you know, Muslim Muslims here in the country, they're here. So let's not fight against it. They're here. Let's reach them. Let's reach out to university students. Let's reach out to, to refugee families in the in the neighborhood. Um, go to Walmart and go scarf chasing. That's my favorite thing. Find a woman in a scarf and just love on her, even in the middle of Walmart. And, um, you know, we have to get out of the comfort zone of our own very busy lives. And I think COVID taught us about that. We don't have to be as busy and make space and margin in our lives to um, to actually meet the woman, introduce the woman, get her phone number. And this is for women only, not men. Um, and then take her out for coffee, get to hear her story, hear about her struggles, hear about what brings her joy. It's, um, it's really, there are guests. And Jesus said, love your neighbors as yourself. He also said, love your enemies. And so there's the same word and there's no distinction. And yes, they may be enemies of the cross in their religion, but they're also deceived and need the truth. And one thing that Hanin said that was really important is that we are the picture to live lives of, of, of loving submission to God so that they'll see something that's, that's attractive and wants to draw them to Christ. Our love will do that. And amen. That's so beautiful. Right. Okay. Yeah, she's, um, you know, as a mom, she's asking, first of all, for a prayer for her children. You know, they're, um, 
They were sure. in the Middle Eastern countries, spoke Arabic, and then they went to America and spoke English. And now they're in a third country and have to deal with a different language. Their oldest son um, has some needs for college. He's going to be going to college next year, took mm-hmm. a year off, and um, they're really seeking God's will. Should he, if they had the finances, he could go to college in America. If there, if there was a place for him to live, he could study here. But at this point, there there hasn't been. Um, their younger children are in the, the European school system, and it's a very, you know, it's a difficult place to be. And so prayer for her children, that they would be walking strongly mm-hmm. with the Lord and all of their physical needs would be met. Um, also, they're planning on perhaps they do a lot of moving around, a lot of traveling. Um, I mean, not moving house. They are going to, they are thinking about moving to a different part of this country to um, to plant some more churches, maybe even four or five, which would be amazing. Um it's been just a joy to see how uh, God has used them. But they do a lot of, of running around, visiting people, being present in their lives, and really pouring into people's lives. So, so you can pray for them as they do a lot of visiting, as they hear a lot of those refugee stories and, um, and are able to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yes, and amen. And what a beautiful story. And I do want to ask you, Hanine, about... What blessing has been released in your life when you've shared your story? Mm. بس هون هون كتير لازم نتحرك أكتر لأنه بدنا نتحرك مشان نشوف ناس أكتر لأنه بطل إحنا بالموقع اللي إحنا فيه بدنا نروح مكان تاني تاني مشان نشوف أحسن تملي من عندك Okay, I will um, <clears throat> She was saying that um, when they first arrived in Europe they, they did use the testimony of their story quite a bit and many, many people believed and it was just such a huge story of redemption and okay. deliverance that uh, many refugees were were really, really encouraged. But of course, those people have either stayed or moved on or heard the truth and accepted it or not. And so they're ready. They're ready to move and they're ready to go to a new area and share that blessing, that story, and have that also be released in a new area and mm-hmm. see what, what God will do there. So they're asking for prayer to be able to see that uh, that blessing released again in a new region. Well, I'm excited and I'm excited that I can um, not only hear from you, Hanine, and thank you, Anne. I, I do want to share with you all listening as you're thinking about how can I be part of the harvest? And I want to share with you a need of, of a program that is designed to give a refugee from the Middle East, from a Muslim background, the ability to minister to their own people in Jesus's name. Um, someone who's come to faith in Jesus and they're in a, they're displaced in a country, but yet they're reaching out to people and starting churches, just like Hanine and her husband. And so this is an adopt a refugee program. And for instance, um, it's not, um, it's a way to support the refugee financially. It's not full support, but it's a portion that will help them in daily living. And for instance, there's a laborer in Greece. His name is Izad, although that's not his, his real name, but this is his kind of name under uh, pen name, who's sharing his faith and discipling others. And so he's gathered a group who meets in his apartment. And so he's starting that process of, 
of um, seeing a church plant. And so this is the kind of person that the Adopt-A-Refugee program um, surrounds. And there is also somebody on the ground in that country who knows the refugee and who is in touch with the developer of the program. So there's some accountability there also. And um, that, that, that the refugee is connected to a global worker who can um, be trusted and known by the missions organization. There can, you know, so there's no um, sort of breakdown in communication. So the prayer is that there will be six that, uh, refugees that can be adopted. And over the next year or two, this is a, very, a brand new program and Sacred Stories coming alongside by donating a portion of all the proceeds that we receive from retreats. When we do our retreats to help women share their stories, we're, devo- we're donating a portion of those funds to this program. So we're excited about that. We're excited to be part about continuing to give a voice to God's work around the world and also to help support those who are laboring. And so we'll put a link in the show notes and you can follow that link and give, and then um, you can say adopt a, um, a refugee under under the notes when you're giving to the organization that is um, putting this um, putting this program together. And I'm actually traveling internationally this summer. I'm planning to travel international and I get to perhaps meet even some of the laborers. And so I ask for prayer for that on my behalf. But I just want to thank you, Anne and Hanine. What a special time. We hope we can have another conversation. I know there's so much more to dive into both of your stories, but thank you so much. You're so precious. And I just am so delighted to get to share this time with you and for all those listening as well. Thank you. We are grateful, really. Hanine, but it's Thank you. Yeah. She's very happy to have been here and to have seen you, and she's grateful for your encouragement.